Hi, everyone. I'm Barbara Beck, host of Welcome Home on Good Life 45. And you're listening to my good friends, Fritz, Mike, and Tina, right here on God Stories Radio, bringing hope, comfort, and encouragement to the world through the power of the Christian testimony. Keep listening for a big blessing from the Lord. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, one. We have ignition. Strap in. Welcome, everyone, to God Stories Radio, session 197. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. What's going on, guys? It's Thursday night. Woohoo! We made I was it. Looking forward no to place it all I'd day. rather be right here. Absolutely. You bet. Ah, uh, what a week. They kind of pushed me to work today, but I was looking forward. What's I had the matter with to them? go for. Something to stretch for by the end of the. Yeah? Yeah. I swear, this week <laughs> went by so fast. I blinked my eyes and boom, it was Thursday. I All couldn't right. believe it. I wish it. I could do that. <laughs> I know, right? Good it grief. went by so fast. But What's... you started to say it was some kind of a week. Oh, yeah. It's been super busy for me. Okay. Yeah. Getting a lot done, though. You're getting a lot done? Yeah. That's good. I think so. Mikey? What about Fritzy over there? Riding the wave. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist, babe. Uh, I couldn't resist. You didn't even the wave. you didn't even stutter or anything. No. It just no. came right out. What a delivery, huh? Boom. Just amazing. Uh-huh. I amaze myself at times. <laughs> You're a wonder, all right. <laughs> yes, he is. A legend, a legend in my own mind, you know. Mm-hmm. You got that right, man. Man, I love some God Stories Radio. It's Thursday night. I want to welcome everybody on Mixler that's listening live tonight. You dialed into a good one. Because uh, we have a a guest we've been after for a while. I mean, it's going to be great tonight. So strap in. That's for sure. All right. How about some uh, Facebook likes? I know we got a couple. We do. We do. We actually have three. So we want to say thank you to Christopher Milan. Christopher Milan, thank you. Thank you for liking us on Facebook. Yeah, welcome to the GSR family. Uh, Carolyn Hutchinson. Ah, I know Carolyn. All right. Thank you. Yeah. And I have a suspicion our guest knows this person, Mike Vic Tabone. Yeah, that's my, uh, my dad. Awesome. All right. Oh, that's All Pops? Right. That's Pops, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, uh, although cool. I think these days it's mom and dad. But oh, okay. You, you know. Uh-huh. Well, thank you for liking us on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, welcome to the GSR family. Thank Fritz, you so much. Fritz loves it when we have a, a few uh, Facebook likes yeah, to shout out. I really so do. So if you haven't liked us yet on Facebook, from wherever you are and you can do so please do it like us on facebook so fritz will be happy yeah I, that, it's, it's just so awkward 
Um, I got something. You got something? I uh, was speaking with uh, Dan Archer today. Yeah, and I've seen him a couple times during the week, and um, he said that uh, Danielle is home, and they believe that they got everything. So the prayers. He's thank you for all the prayers. Um, There's still a little road to go, but uh, they believe that um, it's it's caught. It was caught fairly early. So, uh, and, uh, he also was telling, we were talking about, you know, it was a two by four upside the head for sure. And he was expressing, uh, what he figures it out, what it figures it was. Um, so he needs some prayer too, because it was for him to slow down. He's a good guy. Yes, yeah, he and is. Considering the profession that he's in, he's yes. got to deal with everybody else's junk mm-hmm. and when he's got, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. I tell you, that's such a tough journey, you know, what they're going through. But um, I know that his faith has been unwavering. And, um, you know, I think your true love for your your partner and your spouse just comes out during that time, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're caring for them. So, oh, yeah, continue to keep them in your prayers. For sure. Any new countries? No new new countries. We're stuck at 94. 94. What was the country last week? Algeria. Algeria. Wow. Well, welcome, Algeria. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. So who's our guest tonight, babe? We have tonight, to the right of me, Pastor Chris Tabone from Awaken Claremont, FUMC, First United Methodist Church's very own Pastor Chris Tabone. Thank you. And uh, we are so honored to have you in the studio I know we've been talking about it for quite some time mm-hmm. and uh, there's just been a lot going on and we so appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us here tonight. Well, and, thank you. Thank well, you. thank you. Well, thanks for having me. I honestly, you know, the honor's mine to even be thought of, to be able to come in and share and, you know, the, the mic and share stories and conversations amongst, you know, new friends and uh, being able to be a part of this is just, just humbling. So thank you guys for having me here tonight. Uh, we appreciate Absolutely. it. We just, uh, we love the vision, love the ministry, love mm-hmm. awaken. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Really do. Make yeah. sure you get down to pig on a pond this weekend. Cause the awaken band will be playing, I think at 11 o'clock. Yeah. there will be uh Saturday morning, 10 30 to 11 30, but they'll really probably go on 11 o'clock hour. Um, so it would be fun. Uh, and I know Bo was here. Yep. He was. Was it mm-hmm. last week or the week before? Uh, week before last. Weeks. Week yeah. before last. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bo is a phenomenal musician, leader, great team player. And it's awesome to be able to uh, to lead alongside him. And Yeah, just, he even brought his guitar and he uh, blessed us with a Need to Breathe song. Mm-hmm. I know. I listened. It was phenomenal. Yeah. I, I, I tell them all the time how jealous, um, in a good way, that I am of the the, the talents that God has given them musically. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I grew up in a musical family. My my grandfather was a singer. My dad was a musician. My uncle's a musician. My brother is a musician. He's um in in Orlando. He's a high school band director. 
you know, he he's a musical prodigy, sat down and, and was able to play pretty much anything. And um, wow. I couldn't sing my way out of a paper bag and save my <laughs> life. It's just well, he got not, it. not my talent. God, he, God he got said yours no. as well. He did. He really he got a double portion. But it's crazy. He, he gifted you in speaking. So, you know, you yeah, kind to, of got a gift of voice. Yeah, I got I, I have the privilege of being able to use the. Um, the voice that God has given me for a different direction. Um, although there there are bits and moments where I'll I'll be in I'll be in church I'll be in worship and I'll, I'll see our band you know our our band is phenomenal uh, but yeah. I'll see them up there playing and I'll be like I want to do that mm-hmm. but I can't that's just not that's not <laughs> mm-hmm. my my talent so well, I sing in the car you like, could yeah. I could but it would be they'd just bring them down they'd go from A rating to about a C minus it's just like. <laughs> I can't do that to them. Bo would hate me. That's okay, oh my Chris. Goodness. We'll get together and we'll sing it out, okay? Speaking of the band, though, I just want to, a uh, big shout out to Mike Loman. He actually wrote our intro song He's to the amazing. podcast, which you just heard. Mike is amazing. He wrote that. I and, love uh, we that. Just, we just love him, and he's working on another one. He told me uh, yesterday that he's got another one for us. And I said, man, I'm not over the first one, but I'll <laughs> I'll take it, buddy. What I was sure it? will. Did he call it Funky Chunky? Funky Chunky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> that sounds like something Mike would, would say. Absolutely. I mean, And it is. You know, when you hear it, it is Funky Chunky. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's Mike Loman. That's funny. Yeah, I love that little bit every time you play it. Well, I know. I mean, the Holy Spirit moves when when the B3 gets cranked up. (laughs) I'll tell you what, you know, for those who are listening and and don't have the opportunity to see what it looks like in here, this is one awesome setup you guys have. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, this is just cool to sit here and Mm -hmm. look and to... Thank you, Father. Be in in the midst of this cool environment. It's my box in a box. I know, right? This This is pretty awesome. Brainchild of my husband over there. <laughs> yeah, it's it a nice, nice. Uh, nice little man cave, and it's great uh, to come and and just be still mm-hmm. and know that he's God. Amen. It's quiet. Amen. Yeah. So glad to have you here, though. Well, thank you. I really am. I'm gonna shut up now. So take, let you talk. Take us to the beginning. <laughs> Tell sure. us like maybe where your parents came from, and just kind of walk us through your journey and tell us about your testimony. Well, that's. Uh, I can absolutely do that. Um, I I didn't have a traditional Christian, quote unquote, Christian upbringing. Um, my mom and dad, you know, they went to Catholic school growing up, and when they got married, and then I came along, um, there was there was bits of you know Catholicism in there. We we did a few things here and there, you know, kind of that CEO Christian mentality of <laughs> Christmas and Easter only. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know for them that's that's okay, and they they are um, you know they they are walking their their journey um, as they see fit. Um, but for me, growing up, church was never truly a big thing on my radar. Um, I remember when I was in second grade, I, I made my my first communion in the Catholic church, but I don't remember after that really ever going back to church. Um, you know, I was, let me, let me hit rewind a little bit. I was born in New York. Um, and at the age of five, we moved from New York down to Melbourne beach, Florida. Um, we lived there for about two years. My brother, Mike was born in Melbourne. Um, and shortly after he was born, we moved up to Connecticut. My mom's job moved us around a bit. And we lived in a, a little town, Windsor Locks, Connecticut, which is where the airport is, Bradley International Airport. Good grief. You never had a chance to get an accent. No. I, well, you were there just no, long enough to. 
I, you know, I say a few words that sound like I'm from New England, but for the most part, I, I sound like a Southerner. Uh, it was funny in staff meeting the other day. I had a a, a camouflage hat on mm-hmm. with a green kind of bomber jacket, and everybody walked in like, "You are totally Lake County now." What what happened? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just repping Groveland. What can I say? <laughs> so we um. <laughs> We moved up to Windsor Locks and I was I was going into second grade at this point in life. Um, and it became some of the most uh, formative years of my life. I was uh, a hyper introvert at this point, very much um, antisocial in, in regards to talking to other people. And um, I remember distinctively I got into middle school and, you know, I was I was the I was the fat kid. I got bullied and it was it was. It was tough, but I remember getting into middle school and I just, I didn't have that confidence to talk to other people, which is funny because of the profession I'm in now. Mm-hmm. But I remember I was sixth grade and and just not having the courage to even talk to the teacher when like my pencil broke and in the middle of a test, I'm like bawling and the teacher's like, what is wrong with you? And uh-huh. like, I, I need a new pencil. And uh, <laughs> it was, uh, uh-huh. it was, it was, you know, one of those, looking back, it was kind of a funny moment, but we moved again from windsor locks down to boca raton florida yeah that's where i'm from my old stomping grounds yeah university mm-hmm. park lived right there by okay. the polo grounds oh my right god across from town square yeah. Blades road so we um it's funny we were on the other side of the polo club polo club is gigantic oh by the way. it was i used to shuck the polo balls when i was little on so the weekends we lived in the my parents are still there they've been there since 1997 same house that that we moved into um, right across the street from, from the polo club up on military trail, military trail. Yep. And so I was going into eighth grade when we moved there and it became a moment where I realized in my life, and this is one of those God things where, um, going into eighth grade, I said, I, I no longer want to be the introverted kid. I no longer want to be the guy who doesn't really have friends. So I decided, um, and it was hard and it still is hard that I wanted to challenge myself to meet people, to talk to people, to get outside of my shell. And for me, that that really did begin to materialize when I met a couple people, um, in particular two guys. Um, one is Alex um, and the other is Mario. And they became my two best friends from eighth grade on to this day. Um, Mario and I are still best friends. Um, I officiated his wedding for him and his beautiful bride a few oh, years that's back, awesome. which was just an honor and a privilege. Um, Alex, h- him and his family moved back to Venezuela, um, in Caracas. And it's been a few years, but every now and then we email. And, um, if by random chance you're listening, hit me up, man. It's been a long time. Um, there is quite a few people on Mixler right now. So I, I don't, if they follow <laughs> us, I can see who they are, but if they just, you know, click listen, I, I don't know who they are. So we um that that year these guys helped helped me get outside of my shell. And throughout eighth grade, I, I I began to associate with them. But at the same time, as I went into high school, I began to associate with some other crowds. Um ninth grade year for me changed everything. Uh I got involved with a group of friends where we were you know, just to be blunt, we were we were smoking pot and 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 selling it on the side to anybody who was interested. And I I, I started a little bit in eighth grade, which is hard to believe, um, but you know, uh, it, there's some truth there. Ninth grade, and then in my sophomore year of high school, I remember kind of having this 
you know, self-actualization moment where I said, I can't do this crap anymore. <laughs> and it, it was funny is because this, that moment predated my relationship with Christ, but yet there was still something in me saying like, this is not, not something you should be doing. So I, I stopped wow. smoking I stopped selling. Um, but I still hadn't worked on getting my act together academically in high school. I was like a 1.9 student, mm. like barely passing anything. I think, I think I was good at PE and lunch. And that was about it. Um, I think my son may actually have the new record of a 1.0. <laughs> hey, listen, you know what? God, God, God can change hearts and change minds. Amen and to that. I remember reading a quote from C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis has over the years become one of my favorite authors. But he said, "If you, um, if you, I'll paraphrase, but if you invest yourself in reading the Bible and knowing God's word, God will make you smarter and everything else." And I truly believe that to be the case because mm -hmm. I don't remember studying any harder. But when I graduated high school, I had a two point nine. So I either it all clicked or God, <laughs> you know, in His providence, blessed me. Mm -hmm. um, but so when my sophomore year of high school ended, um, I was still hanging out with this group of friends. I might not have been, um, you know, still in the drug culture, but I was still with this group of friends. And my my junior year of high school began. And there was a particular day, it was a Thursday, I remember, um, that one of the guys came to us and said, hey, we're going to go pick a fight with this kid. You know, he, he I can't remember all of the circumstances. It's been, it's been a hot minute now. But one of the guys in my, my circle got insulted, got hurt, and said, hey, we're going to go jump this other kid. And, and I was like, I am down. Let's do it. So it was a Thursday night, and I know it was a Thursday night because where we went to go jump this kid was at a church youth group. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> um, so we we met up. I was the driver. Um, my mom had a, a, a black Jeep Grand Cherokee, and I loaded um, more kids than there were seatbelts in the car. <laughs> and we drove over to this church, um, Spanish River Church in Boca Raton, Florida. And we found the signs for where the youth group was. And in my mind, I was picturing just a handful of people and that like we could just pull the kid out and just kind of beat on him and run away. Mm. And I remember opening up the door to the sanctuary and there were hundreds of kids in the room. Um, it was a massive church with a massive youth group. And I just remember standing in the back of the room looking at all of these high school students going, oh, this, this isn't going to happen. And it was the first time distinctively in my life that I remember God, the Holy Spirit, just saying, stop. And as I looked around, I was like, we, we can't fight. I turned to the guys with me and I was like, dude, John, Phil, we got to leave. We can't do this. And they're like, no, no, we got we to gotta fight. And I'm like, I have the keys. Get in the car. <laughs> and, um, and we drove away. We didn't fight. Um, but I couldn't shake what I had saw. And in particular, what I had saw was that there were a lot of cute girls in that room. <laughs> and like any teenage boy. Um, yeah, and you were thugs with style. You had a Grand Cherokee, man. Mm, well, my mom had a Grand Cherokee. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I drove a hatchback, Honda Civic-looking <laughs> type of baseball hat on wheels. There you go. <laughs> um, but I went, I went back the next week, um, honestly, because there were cute girls at the youth group. Um, but the youth pastor, Dan Knuff, who to this day is um, a mentor and friend, Dan kind of called it out like, hey, what are you doing here? You're with one of the, I was like, no, listen, I just, 
I just want to see what's going on. Um, and I started to attend this youth group and I didn't really necessarily know what it was, what it was, what it was all about. I don't remember a single message that was ever preached. Shout out to all the youth pastors out there. Your students do hear you, but they don't remember. Um, (laughs) but I, I, I started going to youth group and eventually I went from youth group to church and, and started doing church, doing youth group and um, made friends with this, this underclassman. I'm a junior. I think it was a freshman, Luke. And Luke got left behind for one of their trips. It was like, so roughly the time that, that, that fight occurred was, I think it was end of September, beginning of October, end of November, beginning of December. Luke gets left behind on a trip, asked me if I could drive him from Boca up to West Palm to drop him off at this youth retreat that they were having. Um, and I said, yeah, absolutely. No problem. I'll, I'll drive you up there. It'd be cool. I get there. Everybody's on the beach playing football, doing a thing. And Dan says, Hey, do you want to stay and have dinner with us? So I'm staying and, and we're talking and Dan does his evening devotion, the band's playing. And, and for the very first time, um, like, like John Wesley said, I've, I felt my heart strangely warmed. Hmm. And I just remember in that moment, like I lost it. I, I broke and I was in tears and, um, one of the college intern leader type people um, just she gave me a hug and just just said, hey, you know, what's up? I said, I, I don't know, um, but I, I think I think I need Jesus. Yeah. And it, it, it was the moment that I prayed to receive Christ in my life. It, it was the moment of, you know, where the where the, the provenient grace of God meets the justifying grace of God. And I, I was saved in that moment. And it, it was like instantaneous, you know, light went off in the head and, and I became aware that um, I needed God more than anything else in that, in that point in my life. So what's funny is I didn't pack anything for that trip. Like I just stayed all weekend. Yeah. Like I, I slept like- In the un- Cherokee? No, uh, actually I was, I think I had my, my, my car then, but I slept just on the floor in the wow. room, in the guy's room, like no pillow, no blanket, just on the, like, I, I just felt I needed Jesus. But I remember looking back that what that leader's trip was, was it was a, it was a small group training to be a high school, uh, small group leader. And Dan, oh, wow. right. Like <laughs> it, it wasn't even like the easiest thing in the world. It was like, Hey, do you want to lead a group of other people in a weekly Bible study as their small group leader? I had never read the Bible and all of a sudden I'm on this retreat and Dan looks at me and he's like, you want to do this? I was like, "Uh, I think I can. And so me and um, Lauren was her name. We started a small group and she lived in the same neighborhood that I did. Um, So that's kind of how we got partnered up. So we would meet and a few people started coming and she decided, I I, I don't think I want to be a part of this anymore. You got this. You know what you're doing. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> um, and I recruited a, a buddy of mine, uh, Dylan, who he, like myself, you know, had had a um, radical conversion to Christ. And he and I are both now baby Christians leading a small group. Wow. Like um, we both between the two of us, I think we read two books in the Bible and it was like John and Job. You know, and God <laughs> is asking this out of an introvert. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> big coincidence that he ends up all at a leader's. Little, uh, yeah, yeah, all those little details. Yeah, 
And it was all because of Luke. Yeah. So I, I praise God for the the way you know him and um, his sister Lindsay just kind of ministered into my life. So I, I start leading this small group, and we start meeting in my house. Um, we move into my place, and me and Dylan are leading this small group. And we had at one point like forty high school kids meeting on Sunday Whoa. nights. Like we were literally wow. sitting on top of each other doing this youth, like doing the small group. And and shout out to Josh Weston, who was our adult leader, who would come in and like fall asleep in the corner. Um, <laughs> and whenever we had questions, we were supposed to ask him, and he he was half asleep half the time. But I love that guy, and he actually poured a lot into me too over the years, and and helped really show me what it looked like to walk with Christ. And um, so that was the end of my junior year of high school. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, from from you know, January to June, I'm begun to invest myself in the life of the church and, and I began to turn it around. Um, so our youth group would do two high school summer mission trips. Mm -hmm. And that year, one of the teams was going to Scotland and they were doing a, um, a gospel presentation through a play. And then, excuse me, the other group was going to San Francisco and San Diego to do um, street evangelism and work in soup kitchens and homeless shelters. And um, and somehow they said, do you want to go on a trip? And I was like, sure. What do I, what do I need to do? I would love to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and they signed me up for Scotland. And I was like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't feel comfortable <laughs> doing Scotland, but I, I did the play with them. It was funny as I actually was a stand in for the play and got to do it in front of my whole church. Wow. Um, when one of the kids got sick, and, oh and, wow! And so that was that was cool um, that I got to do that. But I I wound up going to San Francisco, um, and this was one of the most defining moments in my in my life. Mm-hmm. And for anybody out there listening, um, if you ever get an opportunity to go on a mission trip and you really feel God tugging on that that heartstring or, or or giving you an opportunity to do this, um, I would I would say you know if it's God's leading, go. Um, for me, I went, I, I answered that call and we started off in San Francisco. We did missions work. We, we worked in a soup kitchen. We worked in a, a, a kind of a halfway house for kids. Uh, we did all kinds of projects throughout. Um, it was a two week trip. Our first week was all work. And then the second week was all play. And as we were finishing our week of work and we were driving from San Francisco down, yeah, down the Pacific Coast Highway, down to San Diego. I'll never forget, we stopped one day for lunch. Um, and we stopped at one of those spots, because I think we had like 30 or 40 of us, where you could go to multiple restaurants. Mm-hmm. And I went with Dylan, uh, same guy. He was on the trip as well. Um, his girlfriend at the time, Kimmy, and Dan, the youth pastor. And we went to Burger King. And we sat down, we got our food. And we're, we're you know, we're just shooting the breeze. But Dan asked me the most defining question of my life. And he said, what do you feel God is calling you to do with your life? Like, I'm 17 going on 18. I'd never thought about it. At this point in my life, I I wasn't thinking about college. I wasn't thinking about career. I wasn't thinking about tomorrow, let alone what was God calling me to do for the, the longevity of my life. Right. So... Before I could even think and process this, words were coming out of my mouth. Uh-huh. And the words were, Dan, I think God is calling me to do what you do. Whoa. And 
I like I was scared because I was like, where did this come from? Yeah, like uh-huh. this was right. so like it was so yeah. not of me. Mm-hmm. But it it became evident when after I responded, you know, I, I think God's called me to do what you do to be a youth pastor. Um, that Dan looked at me, you know, just the smile on the face, the glimmer of the eyes, and he's like, I see God's leading in that for you. Mm-hmm. So we developed a internship program at our church. We never had like a real, you know, college age internship program where we could study and train to be in student ministry. Um, and we set it up for three of us to become interns. And it was my best friend, Mario, um, my best friend, Dylan, and myself. And what's funny is we're all in ministry to some extent today. You know, this is, man, 17 years later. Um, you know, we are all in ministry to, in some capacity. But, you know, from that moment on, God God took hold of my heart, took hold of my life, and began to steer me in the direction of going into ministry. So I get home <laughs> now riding this, this mountaintop experience, as the... As, as the um, youth pastors would say and i go into my senior year of high school with you know going in with that 1.9 gpa going oh you know maybe i should go to college maybe i should educate myself maybe i should do something Mm -hmm. um and i worked hard i put in work i put in hours um i don't i don't remember studying that much like better than I had before, but I just remember being able to retain it better. Mm-hmm. The total gift of God. And I, I graduated with a two nine mm-hmm. um, and got accepted into community college. Mm-hmm. Although I don't think they actually deny anybody no. community college, <laughs> but I felt, I felt very proud. I just have to have the money. That's all. Very it's proud. like a county hospital. They won't turn anybody. You know, away. honestly, a shout out for community college. It's one of the best places to get an education. Mm-hmm. It yeah, really is. It really are yeah. some good ones. Yeah. So my father-in-law, uh, you know, quick little pause. Uh, my father-in-law Phil is um, a retired professor from Michigan State University. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. And he, um, he he's put out research through MSU, and one of the things they've done is college trends and and success rate of people who graduate and da 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 da. And one of the um, statistics that they found is that you're actually statistically more likely to graduate from a four-year u- university if you started a two-year quote unquote, junior college mm-hmm. or community mm-hmm. college. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's statistically proven. So um, any of you out there listening, uh, save, save yourself some money, go to community college and you'll have a better success rate of uh, possibly graduating mm-hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know. And save yourself a buck or two in the process. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> I um, I paid off my associates. I paid off my master's, but wow. I'm still working on that that bachelor's. Um, yeah. So, but, um, so after after high school, after I graduated, um, I started working this internship. Mm-hmm. I was working for Dan at the church. I was working um, at Spanish River. You know, it was awesome to be there. Spanish River Church is a phenomenal church. They are a pioneering church in the world of church planting. Uh, when I was there, they had started in conjunction with Mark Driscoll out uh, when he was at Mars Hill in Seattle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a church planting network called Acts 29. Um, and here in our community, um, down in, in Winter Garden, we have Mosaic Church, which is an Acts 29 church. Yeah. So oh, it's I a, did not know that. Mm-hmm. Wow. And now in Claremont, a, a friend of mine, Kevin Franklin, um, through Mosaic and through Acts 29, has just planted Beloved Church. Um, so we've got... Was he the one that came to speak? He is. Not too while back? Okay. Yeah, he came and he preached at Awaken um, a couple months back. Yeah. He's a, he's a good guy. Um, yes, great he heart. Is. 
him and his wife, Courtney, are phenomenal, and they got some cute kids, um, one of them who comes to our Wesley Christian Academy. Um, so uh, as I as I got into college, I was working at the church. The church is awesome. We had, I mean, literally hundreds of kids between the middle school and high school who we would have the opportunity to minister to. And I was given the opportunity to work on um, outreach projects, to create games, to create teaching lessons. I, I gave my very first sermon to a bunch of middle school kids that I think I scared them more than I scared myself. And it wasn't like a godly fear. It was like, this guy's crazy. Um, but you know, overcoming all of the, the delicacies and intricacies of being an introvert, um, I joke now as an adult that I'm an extroverted introvert. Um, <laughs> so I think it I, makes sense. It, it does kind of I mean, logically, uh, illogically. I mean, I like to go home and read books and and refresh sure. like that. But at the same time, I I I've learned how to come out of my shell and thrive in a crowd. Um, that you have. So you know, working with Dan was phenomenal. Um, Dan left our church in at Spanish River, and he went up to work at Trinity Church in Lansing, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, was a part of the Willow Creek Association. And he went up there to work uh, as the youth pastor and asked if Dylan and I would come up the next summer, a few months after, and bring him his car. He left his car with Dylan, said, hey, will you guys drive it up and then come on this summer trip with us? They were going to Creation Fest out the year it was at Hershey Park in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Um so we were like, absolutely, that sounds like fun. I mean, it was, you know, Chris Tomlin, Matt Redman, David Crowder, wow. uh, like all these bands. I was like, I'll take a trip with the youth group and have all these bands. <laughs> so we we did. We drove his car up to Michigan um, and we got in, like, I think we got in on a Friday. We hung out on a Saturday. Sunday, we go to church with them. And just in typical Dan fashion, he, he looks at Dylan and I and was like, get up on stage and talk. <laughs> uh, like, wait what no prep no nothing hey go ahead share your testimony kind of like i'm doing tonight and we did we hopped up on stage we started talking and and i shared at awaken a couple weeks back the story of how like uh, when i got on the stage and i looked across the room i saw this cute girl in the back with the curly hair and i was mm-hmm. like man she's, she's very attractive but she's probably a high school kid and like i'm, I'm like just finished my freshman year of college mm-hmm. at this point and i was like nah i can't i can't really talk to her that'd be inappropriate right she's a high school kid i'm a college kid well it turns out she's older actually she's two years older than i am and um <laughs> i got her name her name's carrie um i i got bullied into asking her out on a date by dan <laughs> and dylan <laughs> thank you guys dylan, your wingman for for so very much thank you forever for bullying me because um that date led to many more dates, and um, a year and a half after that, you know, Carrie and I got married. Amen to that. We've been married uh, coming up a fourteen years this June. Wow. Yeah, I know. Fantastic. I, I got married when I was twelve. So. Wow. So it was a, it was a blessing, you know those those little moments of being aware of God's leading. As we went up, I did that. Uh, I helped. Um, I met Carrie. We started dating started talking we actually got engaged and I, I went up and i worked for dan at trinity and got hired on in their student ministry department and um i love dan but shortly after carrie and i actually got married he had resigned and went back to florida the cold weather was just killing him mm-hmm. <laughs> um but i stayed up there i said hey i'm gonna, I'm gonna i want to stay on at the church i want to continue working but the church decided that 
Um, they wanted to go in a different direction in that department. They they wanted kind of Dan's team to be replaced with a new team, and and so be it. God was orchestrating um, some steps because at, as soon as that happened, that was July. Um, I stopped working there in August. I started to apply to college because I had my undergraduate, I had my associate's degree, but I didn't have my undergraduate degree. Um, my wife was a a graduate of Indiana Wesleyan University with a degree in Christian education. So we said, "Hey, why don't we? Uh, why don't I apply? And maybe, maybe by God's grace, I can get in." Mm-hmm. Um, we're newly married, like days, and now I'm applying for um, going back to school, going to college. Mm-hmm. Um, we drove down to Indiana from Michigan, stayed at the vice provost's house of the of the college. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. He, he was a, a friend of my father in law's. They had worked on a couple books together, so we stayed at Jerry's house and. Met his kids and they're awesome. Um, their whole family's awesome. And I applied to the school and I got in. Wow. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you what was so I, I'm accepted in and we're renting this apartment. And they said, Hey, your lease isn't up until June. I got accepted to start in January. They said, Well, you're going to have to pay January to June unless somebody rents your place. And by the grace of God, the day we packed up the car and started driving to Indiana, I got a phone call Hey, we rented your place. Wow. So you're wow. like, like you're thinking back on all these little bits and pieces yep. of God orchestrating the all steps. The details, yep. yep. So we I wind up at Indiana Wesleyan. I study youth ministry and biblical literature. Um I I, get, I graduate, I get my degree. Those are some awesome years. Like mm-hmm. you know, newly married, new town, college. Mm-hmm. I worked for the college. I learned how to cook, uh, worked mm-hmm. in the kitchen. I learned how to clean working in the house uh, in the housing department. Um, I'm not great at either one of them. Sorry, sweetie. <laughs> um, but when I graduate, I, I I got offered um an interview at two different churches. Mm-hmm. And one church was here in Florida and one church was in Chicago. Uh, the church in Chicago pretty much hired me on the spot. And as soon as I graduated, I took the job and I went and worked um at a at a small Methodist church outside of Chicago, um, in the, the Naperville Wheaton area, right down the road from Wheaton college, actually. Oh, wow. Um, which was cool. Cause I got to go up there to Wheaton college and, and hang out on campus and see things and go to concerts and stuff like that. Um, but I spent three and a half years as the youth pastor at this church where the only full-time staff were the senior pastor and I, um, and we just, we had fun and, and God gave me the opportunity to try and fail. Um, and, and if you're, if you're in ministry and you have the opportunity to learn how to fail graciously, it's a great lesson. <laughs> Cause like I tried things that were just completely dumb <laughs> that completely bombed, but I, I took great notes and, and said like, Hey, don't do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, when I got hired on into this church, we had like eight kids in our youth ministry. And when I left after three and a half years, we were running between 60 and 70 kids. Wow. Wow. And I mean, in a church of about 200. So, I mean, we were, we were kicking butt and taking names. And it was, it was amazing to watch as kids were committing their lives to Christ and kids were being discipled and Mm -hmm. and doing those things. Had a couple kids go to Christian colleges, Mm -hmm. um, had a, had a few kids who, um, went to work in parachurch ministries. So it was it was amazing to see what God did there. Mm-hmm. Um, but under new leadership that was brought in, um, a decision was made that um, student ministry was going to kind of take a back seat. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that the church wanted me to leave, and I don't even think the senior leadership wanted me to leave, but I could feel this inner 
tug of okay what what next for me and my wife and now at this point my wife and i we have um a one-year-old mm-hmm. um so i started interviewing at some churches um and, and i had it in my heart that i was going to stay up there in that area i was going to stay close to there we had a we, you know we owned a condo the community was nice it was it was close to my wife's two sisters her older and younger sister um, and their husbands and, and, and our, our niece and nephew, but I had a dream, like, it's crazy. Like I, I'm, I'm not that kind of person, but I just heard God saying in this dream, like, don't stay here. Mm-hmm. So I expanded my radius of <laughs> where, where I felt God was leading me. I had always wanted to get back to Florida. Like when we moved, when my parents moved us to Boca in 97, and I stayed there through uh, community college. I, I had always said I want to move back to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife did not. Mm-hmm. However, she said if we ever, if we ever do move to Florida, I want to live close to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> so this church Claremont pops up, and I get an email from them. Quinky dink. Right, and she's like, "Where's Claremont?" And I look on the map. No lie, I look on the map, and I'm like, "It's. It looks like maybe an hour, an hour and a half from Disney." And I totally read the map wrong because it's like 30 minutes from here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we interviewed. I met I, I met Doug via, you know, kind of FaceTime. Um, Doug is the senior pastor of our church and, and a phenomenal leader. And he's been a great mentor to me now um, coming up on seven years. But I, I interviewed with Doug and, and Nancy, who was the business administrator at the time. And they they thought I, I could potentially fulfill this role. I mean, you know, FUMC Claremont is a large church. At the time, they were running about 800 people, which you know was four times larger than the church I was currently serving at. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they flew me down, and 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 I always joke that I'm terrible on paper, but I'm pretty good in person. Um, <laughs> so I, I I flew down. I can relate to that. I brought my daughter Ella with me for the interview, and my mom was going to drive up and grab her and spend some time with her, and then I was going to fly out of Fort Lauderdale back home. And you know, fly with Ella. So while my, while my mom had her, um, but when I got in, I drove straight to this lunch that I was going to have with Doug and Nancy. So I had to bring my daughter Ella along. And we went to Cracker Barrel, and I'll never forget because even Doug jokes about it now. He's like, "My daughter won me the interview." Uh, <laughs> right? She she totally stole the show. She I can she, hear him saying that for sure. She's like, "You know what? We're going to hire you because your two year old is adorable." And <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, it, it became kind of this running joke it's been like seven years now but i spent a few days interviewing with the church and it was right around the time that this church fumc claremont does baccalaureate for the community so i watched that event i met people i started networking um i met a gentleman by the name of tony hevner who was doing first priority here in central florida i met the the old youth pastor chelsea who's actually become here seven years later, friends with my wife, Carrie, which is a phenomenal blessing, just kind of coming full circle, right? Yeah. So I, I do the interview. I'm like nervous because I like, you know, it was four days of different families and committees and like, it felt like it dragged on forever. Um, no offense if anybody's out there listening, yeah. but it it did kind of drag on forever. Um. So that Sunday night of baccalaureate, I'm standing there off to the side watching, and Nancy comes up to me, and I, I hope this is okay to say, but she's like, "We're we're gonna call in, we're gonna hire you, it, it, you know, pray about it." I'm like, "I definitely need to pray about it because, you know, 
it would be stepping out in faith. My wife had still never seen Claremont. My wife doesn't have, you know, at the time still doesn't have any family in Florida. So it was all stepping out in faith and, and trusting yeah. that God's leading and God's providence was moving us in the direction of where we needed to be. Um, and the position you interviewed for is the same position you're in now? So the position I interviewed for was the director of student ministries uh-huh. um, to lead the high school and middle school ministry. Um, and the position that I'm currently in is a uh, associate pastor. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. So, so that's what Mac does now, right? Yeah. Mac, so we, yeah. yeah, we hired Mac on uh, about two years ago to take over for me. Um, so over the, so I got hired. I, so anyway, back to, um, I said yes to the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, moved my whole family from Illinois down to down to Claremont and started as the as the youth pastor here. Uh, I spent five years building and leading the student ministry at, at First United Methodist Church here in Claremont, um, helping it to grow back to what it used to be, um, running 80, 90, 100 kids. Sometimes we'd have big events, have more. Yeah. And it was it was a it was a beautiful blessing to watch as kids over the years have just you know, eyes open to Christ, hearts mm-hmm. connected with Christ, kids who are now, you know, in ministry, in essence, who are doing parachurch ministry and campus ministry and um, all kinds of cool things because they got plugged in and invested in a student ministry. So two years ago, um, being in the Methodist Church, our, our Florida conference approached our church and said, hey, you're a healthy church or a, a vital church is the technical term that they called us and said, Hey, would you be interested in doing something new and different for the next generation? Mm-hmm. So we said after much prayer, yes. Um, and I was given the opportunity to be transitioned out of youth ministry. So we started looking, we, we found, we found Mac and we hired him on and he's been killing it for the last two years. That now. guy is amazing. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, listen, don't don't puff his head up too much because <laughs> he's doing a better job than I did. Um, <laughs> How old is he? I just have to ask. He's eight. Eight. No, um, he's twenty. I think he's twenty four. Boy, he's got a lot of wisdom. He does for you know, such a young man. He does. He, he's um he's a very insightful and intelligent young man who um he had some great leaders, has some great mentors in his life, um. You know, speaking of one of his mentors, uh, a guy by the name of Bobby Brooks, who's um, pastor of Vessel Orlando, which is a worshiping community at University Carillon out in Oviedo. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually through a conversation that Bobby and I were having where Bobby said, hey, um, I have Mac. If you're interested, this would be a great person to come in and fill that role. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we began thinking about what we could do for the next generation, it was actually vessel that we began looking at as a potential um, worshiping community to create here at FUMC Claremont. So we had a team brought together. We began thinking through and praying like, hey, what could this be um, for Claremont um, here at FUMC? And we came up with creating our own version of vessel that we call Awaken Claremont. Mm -hmm. So we operate as a worshiping community which falls underneath the umbrella of FUMC Claremont. It's kind of a quasi um, approach to church planting where we've created a new church community within this church. So we are, yes, still FUMC Claremont, but we are like FUMC Claremont kind of like adjacent. Mm -hmm. 
We fall underneath mm-hmm. the umbrella. Right. We share leadership. We share resources. We share space. We, we do all those things. And, um, you know, Pastor Doug is still the senior pastor of everything, mm-hmm. but I have this opportunity to kind of pastor this, this specific niche group within our congregation that we've branded and we call Awaken. Mm-hmm. Um, which has been awesome. So we we started it October of 2017. So we're about a year and a half in, and praise God for every person who's come and every person who's committed to Christ and those who have been baptized along the way and yeah. those who've joined the church mm-hmm. um, and said, yes, this is our community. Yes, this is our place. Yes, this is the place we want to do life. And it's um, been humbling, honestly. Yeah. Just been been humbling to... Uh, meet people like I got an amazing email today from a gentleman who, who him and his wife just joined the church um, in our last new members class and mm-hmm. he was like I, you preached the message on using our time our talent and our treasure I, I want to use my talent to serve God what can I do mm-hmm. and like I love those kind of emails mm-hmm. now like this is what gets me fired up um, mm-hmm. for doing what we're doing just to see changed lives to see right. people connected with Christ and finding the hope that comes from knowing Jesus. So yeah. um, that's kind of like, it's kind of the testimony in a nutshell. I, I think it might've been longer than the five minutes I thought it would take, but. <laughs> um, that's all right. We, yes, it is. It's been perfect. It's been wonderful just learning more about you. And then I found out a bunch of stuff about Bo I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know he went to Hillsong. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I had heard the stories of yeah. this Bo Duke that our church helped send to Hillsong, mm-hmm. um, but I had not met Bo until a couple of years ago. I mean, we met through a mutual friend, and um, he was he was leading the youth at another youth at, at Hope International. He was doing the youth ministry there, and I had reached out to him about, hey, we're, we're doing baccalaureate. Do you want to partner with us? And he was like super sick. Like mm-hmm. when, when that time came, I think he had like the flu or like, like the black plague or something because <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't, he wasn't able to make it. And I, I remember him being so sick and he was mm-hmm. like, I'm so sorry. Um, but it's been cool over the last year and a half, almost two years now being able to develop that relationship with Bo and getting to know him and, and yeah. hear his heart. And yeah. His wife is phenomenal. And, and Allie is just such a, a vital piece to what's going on as, yeah. as well. Oh, you bet. Um, from volunteering with our, our children's ministry. We've got a great kids ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a new leader. Um, she's coming up on a year now. Her name is Natalie. Um, mm-hmm. And Natalie is helping to lead the charge there in the children's ministry. And she's got some great volunteers like Allie. And, um, you know, it becomes it becomes such a team environment where we want to truly invest in the well-being of one another for the sake of Christ. Because, like, ultimately, yes. at the end of the day, and I was saying this to somebody yesterday, like we want to root for the success of each and every ministry because the success of each and every ministry means a success, you know, in, in essence, a successful story for the church as a whole. Amen. Right. When the, yeah. when the tech team is winning, the church is winning. When the children's ministry is winning, the church is winning. Yeah. And when right. the student ministry is winning, the church is winning and so on and so forth. So we want to, you There's know. There's no favorite ministry. Yes. Well, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe a little bit of bias. Allegedly. No, no. Uh-huh. no, but when you get a cohesive, when you can run three uh, or, you know, four cons- consecutive different services, you've got different age groups, different people, different, uh, you know, 
preferences and things like that. And when you can run that cohesively where people are being ministered to, and I just think I'm still amazed. Mm -hmm. I come away from there on Sunday going, you know, that, you know, I, I'm just amazed Mm -hmm. at at what goes on Mm -hmm. and and the people that come through the doors and the people that are ministered to, and the numbers are growing, you know, the people are coming. Yeah. They're drawn. And so, you know, it's, it's God's church and, Amen to that. Mm-hmm. It, it is it is interesting because you look at some churches who um, they either do contemporary really well or they do traditional really well. Sometimes it's it's harder to find a church who does both well. Right. And I, and I feel blessed to be a part of a team where on both fronts, on the traditional front and on the contemporary modern front, we are doing them well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, although, and, and listen, I, I lead one of the contemporary communities, but I would say that I still think our traditional services are some of the best around. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I would have to agree. And oh my You've goodness. never heard the chancel choir. Oh my goodness. They will, I mean, uh, Susan Brandt is just a gift. Absolutely. Like they, oh they will gosh. bring you to tears. I mean, they, it they is really beautiful. will. And she does amazing things over there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, wow. it's, and it's, it's such a blessing to be able to watch as each community, you know, so if we think about it as, as each time is its own worshiping community that we have, you know, the eight o'clock, the nine thirty, the 11 and the 11, 11 worshiping communities. Um, each one is being ministered to in such a way, as, as you were saying, that really hits them right where they're at, Yeah, that they look individual, but yet we are collectively one. Correct. That, you know, and, and it, it becomes natural in almost any church where, you know, some people who go to even a, let's take a real life here in this community, which is a, just a contemporary church. But if you go to any of their services, people typically pick one and stay there. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. If you yeah. go to, I don't, I don't even know. They have you. a Saturday night. They right. have a, like an I, 11, I, 15. Yeah. yeah. Like if you go to the Saturday night service, mm-hmm. the majority of the time you're going to go to Saturday night service. That's where you're going to plug in. That's going to become your yes. worshiping community. Yes. So we just took the approach to what if, what if we created one specific worshiping community and we call it Awaken so that it's, it looks a little different. It feels a little different, but it's still, you know, it's us and our DNA of who we are, what we believe. You know, our mission is to make lifelong disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Amen. Amen. Right. We're about discipleship. We're about transformation and we're about evangelism. Like let's, let's win people mm-hmm. to Christ. Let's grow them in Christ. Let's send them out so that they can reach other people for Christ. Like it's. I think that was one of the key things that helped draw me back to awaken mm-hmm. um, because you were so community focused and I loved that mm-hmm. um, because I know I, you know, Fritz and I attended real life for a really, really long time. Loved that church. We've mm-hmm. served yeah. there. We've done so much um, great with church. real life. They are. They're yeah. a fantastic church. And they're really good at what they do about um, reaching new <laughs> Christians. They're, they are they have a knack with it. Yeah. Um, but we felt like we were getting a different calling in our lives. Yeah. And it was really hard because we had gotten really mm-hmm. comfortable mm-hmm. and we had been there for such a long time. Yeah. And so then I started going to Mosaic. His his work schedule was chaotic at the time. 
I started going to Mosaic for a period of time, and then he ended up getting the job at FUMC. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I really like Mosaic. I don't know that I want to go to another church. But then he, um, he's like, no, you got to come check it out. Just come check it out. Yeah. So I, I told did. her, I said, that yeah, I was praying about that because I didn't want to be divided. But I said, you know, I think the Lord's got something for you to do. Yeah. I said, but you need to come. Mm-hmm. You need to come. And uh, yeah. the Lord's given her a couple of visions. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, I've really enjoyed. Um, I decided uh, probably it, it took me a while before I could really say, okay, um, I'm I'm ready to, to give it a real shot because mm-hmm. it was hard because I had started forming an attachment yeah. at mosaic. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, i I kind of felt like God was putting it on my heart that he and I should be at the same place, yeah. you know, even though he was very gracious and he was telling me, babe, you got to go wherever you feel led mm-hmm. to go. So, you know, I started coming and the more I started coming, the more I started enjoying it, mm-hmm. you know, and I still feel very new at your location, uh-huh. but I'm starting to, I'm starting to feel like I'm sliding into place, you know? <laughs> I do. That's, so. that's, that's awesome. It yep. really is to hear that, you know, and, 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 and a big Shout out to, you know, real life. I, I know a lot of the pastors over there. You know, I know Dustin Todd. And uh-huh. what's funny is Justin Landrum, their youth pastor and yep. I, we went oh, to high rocks. school together. Yeah. Oh, you did? <laughs> he went to Spanish River High School. Um, I think he was a year older than I was. We did not run in the same circles. Yeah. Um, I think he was doing the church thing at that time, and I still was not. Um, but, you know, we've connected since then here. Um, and, and Mosaic's doing great things, too. I, I just went and met with... Uh, their pastor, we got a tour of their facility, uh-huh. um, Mac and I, and it was it was so cool to see that. And you know, gospel centered churches that are leading people to Christ, like we need more. I mean, yeah. yes, amen. Like, there, people have asked, uh, you know, why put another church? Why put another church? Because there's always more people to to win for the kingdom of God. Amen. Yep. Yeah. You know, it it's um it it's interesting because the the statistics show that you know our community here is still somewhere in the ballpark of plus 50% unchurched. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. That's so it's hard to really? believe. Right. I mean, we've got churches, great churches on every you know, on every corner in, in essence. We've got new worshiping communities, new churches like Beloved and and The Grove and we've got, you know, Awaken, we've got established churches like FUMC and and First Baptist and Real Life and Church of South Lake. We, we've got great churches in our community. Not if I forgot your church, you know, no yeah. offense. It's <laughs> but um I'm riddling riddling this off fast. But there's still like even if every one of our churches was filled to capacity on a Sunday morning, like mm-hmm. capacity, mm-hmm. there'd still be about 50% of our community that's unchurched. I think mm-hmm. it's I think that's low. Yeah, I mean, I've heard as much as seventy. Right. Oh my goodness! When, wow. I, I, I want to be. I'm. I'm an optimist. <laughs> right. Well, when Justin Miller, mm-hmm. the pastor at Real Life, mm-hmm. uh, I remember him saying that um, he believes God told him to he needs to reach Central Florida, and I think the number was two million. That's probably accurate. So. Gosh, and, I remember when he started that mission, Orlando. That yeah. was like. About ten years ago, when he first, mm-hmm. when well, they had the vision, and it's just like you're saying, there's churches out there that aren't doing well, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, 
Real Life has another new church because that church mm-hmm. contacted Real Life and yeah. Real Life basically took it over. And now all those churches, those seven locations or seven other locations yeah. are doing well because. Right. They've got, they've got good leadership. They've got yes. resources. They've mm-hmm. got um, almost a brand niche. And, and I hate to put it that way, but you know, you know that going in there, you're going to, you're going to have an opportunity to find people who love Jesus. You're going to mm-hmm. find you know, community. And that's what we want to, in essence, continue to offer through Awaken. Amen. Is that we can become a place, and, and I love what you said, Tina, that we can become a place truly focused on community. Mm-hmm. That when somebody walks in for the very first time, that they will recognize that we genuinely care about people, that we genuinely love Jesus, and that we're truly trying to help people that no matter what stage of their their faith journey they are, mm-hmm. connect to Christ. Mm-hmm. So when we prayed about launching Awaken, we we looked over, you know, who is the demographic that we want to hit? And 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 really what God laid on my heart was the the um the discouraged and the disenfranchised. Mm-hmm. And that the discouraged ones are those who um you know kind of did the church thing at some point, maybe had a little bit of Jesus in them, mm-hmm. but have kind of since um remove themselves from the fellowship mm-hmm. to the disenfranchised of, of those who maybe have never had any uh, opportunity to be connected to a, uh, you know, a covenantal church community where they can grow in faith. So those who are outside the faith, that was our, our, our target demographic. Um, and by the grace of God, we've been refining that to the point where we can say, Hey, we want to meet people who are at any stage of life and love them into the kingdom of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we really want to focus on hitting, you know, for us a a, a younger demographic. I, I use young very loosely because they initially said, "Hey, you should go after the people like in your age demographic, the 20s." I was like, "I'm 35. Yeah, right. I'm like 15 years older than 20. that. 20. Come on." Um, but I think I think honestly, God's going to bring to awaken um, those who who need a community who's going to come around them. And and love them and support them and 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 walk with them every step of the way from where we are to where Christ is. Yeah, I agree, and that that should cover all age groups. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. right. I mean, if uh, my belief is, if you are doing what God called you to do in any of the churches, and, and you're continuing to preach the gospel, and and not water it down or anything else, um, God will be there, and He will grow yep. it. Amen. That's if, right, Mikey. If not. They're they're gonna die off. Yeah, at the end of the day, we're all on the same team, and that's to yeah. exploit the name of Jesus and absolutely and uh, get get that name out him. to as many as we can. Yeah. I mean, I think about what the Apostle Peter said. He's he, um, can't remember if it's First or Second Peter, where he talks about how God is is patient um, in ways that we'll never understand because God desires that none would perish, mm-hmm. that He could save everyone. Yeah, that's right. Amen. And you know, as 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 I think about that, that's become kind of one of those you know awesome missional calls is that like God desires everybody to be saved. Mm-hmm. That's right. And regardless of what our upbringing, our, our background, any, God desires to save everybody. But, you know, I have a theological perspective that it's a two-handed approach, that God reaches out his hand to us and says, I will save you. And we have the the opportunity to respond in grace right. to that to that hand be extended to us. And um, as pastors, as leaders, as as the church community, we have a responsibility to kind of help nudge people towards the direction of God's mm-hmm. leading. Mm-hmm. You know, so as God has put out His hand for the possibility of salvation of all people, 
we then come along and go, hey, you need some Jesus and like reach up and, and allow God to rescue you from right. wherever you are. Right. And, and, you know, the, the, the truth of salvation is you get God, mm-hmm. right? You get a relationship with the one true living God who's going to move you from where you are to where he desires for you to be. Amen. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, you know, because I, when I think back to when I was the baby Christian and I look to the point in my journey where I'm at now, not saying, you know, by any means that, you know, that I'm perfect or there, (laughs) but, um, just seeing the distance that's been covered and how I've moved my life closer to Jesus Mm -hmm. has been astonishing Mm -hmm. when you, when you have, you know, 25, 30 years to look back and see, okay, wow. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, think about it. Like, I think one of the misconceptions of the Christian church today is that you need to be perfect. Like as soon as you walk in, (laughs) right? like you need to clean, you need to clean yourself up in order to go and then meet God. And some people think that way. Absolutely. But the reality is, is you don't need to clean yourself up in order to meet God. God meets you in in the the midst of your mess. That's right. And he cleans you up along the way. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, Man, I, sometimes I, I I've been saying as of late that I need to get some of the seminary out of me. But um, <laughs> let me let me use a church a big theological term. I mean, the term is sanctification, and the mm-hmm. idea is that when when you are saved, justified, um, when 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 God has redeemed you in that moment, you then move from being justified by God, Him saying yes, you you are forgiven, to then being sanctified and sanctification is this process that, that that starts at justification and goes all the way through what we would then call glorification when you mm-hmm. die and enter into God's glory in, in heaven. Mm-hmm. So along the way you're sanctified and every day it's the conscious decision of making a step closer to God um, by putting to death uh, the sinful nature within us and living for Jesus. We're not perfect, but tomorrow will be a better day than today. Right. Mm-hmm. Amen yeah. to that. Yeah, because, you know, it's amazing how he takes you to where he wants you to be because he knows you can't handle it all in the beginning, Mm -hmm. but he just slowly starts chipping away at things and taking Mm -hmm. you through things and you learn how to surrender and turn them over Mm -hmm. to God little by little. And then you start looking more and more like him, you know, and it's just, it's like watching a child grow. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, they look different throughout different stages of growth, but, you know, one day they start resembling a different parent, you know, maybe they start <laughs> resembling mom more than dad or dad more than mom. And you're like, oh, I can see so-and-so in them, Yeah, you know, and it's a beautiful thing. So it takes I feel like it takes time because it is a journey. Oh, it is. But, you know, then there's you've got some people, too, that are just touched with the Holy Spirit and and it's radical and it happens quickly. You know, and there's those people out there, too. For me, it wasn't my experience. My experience has been more gradual. And most I think most people I know, their experience has been gradual as well. I mean, myself Mm -hmm. included. It is. When I met when I met Christ, I was I was a mess. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I. I've been walking with Christ since 2001, right? 2000, 2001. I'm I'm nowhere near being where I I would love to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of that, I got to ask you. Yeah. When the, uh, it was it Dan that asked you uh, when you looked up and said, "I think I need Jesus." Um, was it? No, actually. Who were you talking to then? Uh, 
Oh man. Um, what's funny is I, her name's escaping me at the moment. Her sister, I remember her sister's name, Christina, because Christina dated my friend Alex and they used to always invite us to come to youth group. <laughs> and I never went like uh, Adriana, Adrian, something like that. And, and they would be like, Hey, you guys should come to church. And I was always like, nah, I'm not going to do church. But I had already had a relationship with her as a friend because, like I said, my friend Alex dated her sister. So when she came over and she looked and she was like, hey, man, do, do, do you want to pray to accept Christ? And I was like, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was just kind of the way you said that. I was wondering how you had a, a cognizance of Jesus and that you knew that you needed Jesus. Or you said, I think I need Jesus. I I, I don't know that I did. I like. I, I don't know. I just knew that I needed something. Right. Um, and when when Christ was offered as that something, I mean, I had gotten just enough youth group and just <laughs> enough church in me to to recognize that I probably needed some God in me. And, yeah. I think the point I was trying to make was I yeah. think that you had a calling on your life, obviously, since you were very small. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like the Lord just dropped that in mm-hmm. your spirit. Boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I need Jesus. I finally, you know, I finally, like... <laughs> I finally had that eye opening, yeah. uh, awakening moment. Of, right. Whoop! Like that, God had been moving me in that direction. That's what we call mm-hmm. the two by four upside by the four, head. Right. Amen. And, but you know, I was, you know, as he told his story and everything else, I was just, I was an introvert, but I went way past. It was basic, almost to the time that he, uh, with the two by four upside the head, is where I kind of woke up and. Started, he started to take me through things and everything else. So it took me a long time, but I was an introvert for the longest time, just as you and I was bullied in school, and mm-hmm. I mean even through high school and and so on and so forth. So uh, similar, um, and then the two by four upside the head, and here I am uh, <laughs> talking on the radio. Yeah, I mean it's amazing what what God can do with. Oh, I know anybody. I mean, regardless. I mean, uh, from re- rebellious runaways like myself to um, you know friends that I that I've had who've come in and out of my life. Like, I remember when I got involved in the church and you know started talking about sharing your testimony, sharing your story, and I always felt like I had this cool testimony of like I was the rebel. <laughs> uh, but as I've gotten older, man, I am jealous. Um, I think in a righteous way of the kids who are like, I grew up in the church, mom and dad, they, you know, I was there six days a week. I've, yeah. I've never not known Jesus. Like I, I, like as, as an adult now, like that's what I pray for my daughters. Yeah. Right. Like right. I've, I've got a six year old, I'm um, talking about looking like who looks just like my wife, but acts just like me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got uh-huh. a, I got an eight year old who looks just like me and acts just like my wife. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's really, it's really funny. Our, our girls, Ella's my older daughter and Kayla's my younger daughter. But like my prayer for them now as a dad, as a, as a pastor, as a, you know, a, a man who's been walking with Christ for about half my life is that there's never a moment in their life where they don't love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like they don't need to know everything. They don't need to, um, you know, have that same training or call. Like, I just want them to love God mm-hmm. with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength mm-hmm. that when Amen. they wake up in the morning, that that they know that Jesus is for them and he, that he will never be against them and that they can rest assured in his mercy that he's going to he's going to get them so you know for me as a dad now um 
That's just, that's my prayer for them. Like, I don't care if they're straight A students. I'm going to put that out there. I don't care if they're, you know, world-class athletes. I, I don't like, it'd be cool. Great. If I get, but I want them to love Christ with all of their heart. Mm-hmm. And, and all they, things will be added. A- amen. All right. things will be amen. added. Like if they yeah, get that, I think first. they get it. You got mm-hmm. it. So that's, um, that's me kind of, uh, uh unpacked a little. Um, yeah. Okay. So, Fantastic. <laughs> anything else I can share while you have me? I mean, uh, I'm an open book. Well, I, open, we I can just, sit here for two hours and I'm I've sure. got more coffee. So we can, but uh, we're not <laughs> uh-huh. burning any tape, you know? So I want to extend an invitation for him to come back because, Absolutely. you know, you pick a subject and you kind of come in and just, you know, I would lay love, it all out there. I would love to. I, I, I feel blessed to have been able to have here <sighs> the opportunity to, um, to go be educated, to go to school, to work at a great church. Yeah, you know, I, I, I love to be able to take what little information I may have and share it with others. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I've always been more intrigued. I don't know about more, but I've always been intrigued with the teaching aspect of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe down the line, if I ever have the opportunity to be like an adjunct professor mm-hmm. um, and just teach Bible, teach in, in that capacity, I would love to do that. Um, because I want to help, I, I think. I think as I'm getting older and, and, and longer here into ministry, I want to help equip the next generation to continue to do ministry. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be able to be somebody who who can teach up and train up the next generation of leaders mm-hmm. to go out and to continue preaching Christ, continue growing the church, and continue moving in the in the direction of good ministry and and good mission because. Um, you know, the message is, is worth it. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would love to come back anytime and, and share mm-hmm. about, you guys can pick a topic. I'll tell uh. in. I was telling, um, I was telling them before I got in here that we do these random things. Sometimes me and Mac and some of our other staff where like, we'll throw random objects at each other and say, like, Hey, you got 30 seconds. Come up with a, a, a gospel lesson. Yeah. And like, I'll toss a baseball or, or my car keys and it's like, you know, all right, here's a cookie. How do you explain to a five-year-old the gospel of Jesus with a cookie? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and it's, it's, it, it might not look pretty on the outside, but on the inside, it is super sweet. And the message of Jesus <laughs> is that, you know, it might be rough and tough and it might sound hard, but it is sweet. It is good. It is gracious. It is, you know, so. Wow. <laughs> we do, we do silly things like that. Yeah. You know? it's like they don't need to overcomplicate the message yeah. of god boy that's no. the truth right there yeah. you said a mouthful keep it simple right well keep it simple i think jesus kept it simple yes he mm-hmm. did the simpler the better i think so i'm preaching yeah I'll, I'll let you into i'm preaching this weekend on the kingdom of god and i was reading what jesus said he had three one-liners <laughs> You and gotta I'm, love that. And I'm he like, kept it simple for his right. sheep. You know? It was like, um, I'm overcomplicating it. I got like two dry erase boards filled with notes, and I'm like, this isn't gonna fly. You know, Jesus kept it simple, and if we, I think we keep it simple, we keep the main thing. The main thing, I think, mm-hmm. we'll be okay. Yep. Yeah. Amen to that. Definitely. Wow. Yeah, it would be fun to kind of have like a little panel like him and Mac and maybe Pastor Doug and just well, sort of, you know. Oh, I'd love to do when that. You brought, fire cool? questions. Yeah. When you brought that up, didn't we do that on show 150? We, we had did. a few of the guys in. Yep. We, it, whatever just happened to come up and it was a Maybe it was he should awesome. come in session 200 with... Uh, with Steven? With Steven. Yeah, Steven's and then, um, coming. And then will be back and we'll, we'll just have a... Uh, have a little panel. Have well, three or four better, of you. You better ask Stephen first. I think he chose 200 for a reason. 
Yeah, I think he's got his testimony to give for two hundred. So, but we can set it up. Yeah, you know? we can. Set I'll up ask him about up. it. Yeah, well, I, our honestly, session one fifty. Awesome. We had a couple of guys that were on here yeah. before, and that we knew or we know, and um, we, they just sat down here. We just sat down. And it was like five or six of us all together. We need to get warm in here, um, and 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 it just went. Yeah, and it just kept on going. It just like Fritz was saying, we could stay here for a couple hours, and it, <laughs> it turned out to be a pretty, pretty darn good show. That sounds like that sounds like a lot of fun to be a, an honor to come in and. It would some. be great to you know just kind of have a little session two hundred celebration and talk Mikey into a carrot cake. <laughs> oh boy, you're pushing hard for that it's carrot funny. cake. It's I will funny uh, you say will, that uh, you know I will. Uh, there's a buy one get one free, and it was carrot cake and guess who picked one up yeah because so, i was thinking about i got that. plenty of coffee and we can you know hashtag scones but anyway uh <laughs> for real uh, hey my wife is uh we so, could yeah uh, give a sh- shout out to shout out to carrie shout out to my, my my far far better half carrie who uh a couple months ago launched her own little independent bakery called the uh the simple scone uh you can check it out at simplescone.com uh and they they do all kinds of cool flavors, and one of the ones that I have requested for around the Easter time is a carrot cake scone. Oh, snack! So now that I now that I know <laughs> that you are there with the carrot cake, um, we'll have to oh, get you some. Oh my so, gosh! But yeah, carrot it's, cake scone. It's cool. Like she she and her dad baked growing up, and um, she I, listen. I didn't get this size. <laughs> and I know you can't see me. I'm I'm a six foot one, two hundred and forty five pound man. Hashtag um, blessed. Hashtag I've never not eaten a day in my life. Um, but I, I didn't get this way begrudgingly. So, um, hey, it was listen. Amen to that. It's it's all good. It is all good. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, still I still run marathon, so it's okay. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Max's been our coffee connection lately. You know, he's been hooking us up with some Starbucks and. Uh, yeah, I know we got a scone and a coffee connection Scott, now. Boy, Goodness, man. we uh, session two hundred coming up. <laughs> We live blessed. What can I say? Yes, we do. We do. We do. That's for sure. So, it's a cool thing. I think you know. Uh, just kind of wrapping up some some thoughts, but being able to be in this community has been a blessing. I was sharing with with, with you guys earlier that you know for seven years I've been here in Claremont, and then this time it's just it's felt more and more like home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really have to give a lot of the credit to the fact that we have. Uh, a great church. Uh, mm-hmm. My wife and I, we have a, we have a great small group of friends uh, who support us and rally behind us and are, and are part of that. So um, it's, it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing. So I, I appreciate it being, being here even tonight and, and a part well, of I got to tell you, all of this. I find it a very, uh, an honorable privilege to uh, call you friend. I said, I love you and appreciate you every, every day that I, that I uh, get to spend with you and get to know you. And I just feel like we have kindred spirit and kindred vision. And I just love kicking around ideas in your office. And it's great. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to getting to know you even more. So thank you. Yeah. Same, same here. (laughs) It's been, it's been great. And um, I look forward to our adventure moving forward. Yes, definitely. And Carrie too. I'm looking forward to actually getting to know her as well. Yeah. It's if it wasn't such a busy season, um, definitely. If if I get the chance to come back uh, when I get the chance to come back, Oh yeah, you're coming back. Um, I'll, (laughs) I'll bring her along with me because like I said, she's my, she's my better half. She helps me, um, 
she helps me to be more sanctified. Mm-hmm. I think about what Tim Keller said. Tim Keller, I love his 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 books. He's one of my favorite authors. But talking about whole, um, marriage as being something that is not always ultimately about your happiness, but far more about your holiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my wife has helped me to become far more of a holy individual. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I'm not happy. That's not what I'm saying. I'm right. very happily married to my wife, but she's helping me to be more sanctified and more holy in mm-hmm. our relationship. Um, just ask her. You know, she she um, has has helped to definitely make me a better version of me. Um, Amen to that. Yeah. I have to agree. That one over there has definitely brought balance mm-hmm. in my life. You know, spiritually and and just everything. You know, uh, helps me to uh, think. Uh, or I guess uh, get the bigger picture. I've always the the guy go 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 rah 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 rah. <laughs> well, have you thought about? Oh, come on. Man. You know? <laughs> You know, but uh, she brings that balance to my life. I know what the Lord says, what he means by help me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. And uh, that guy sitting over there, he needs one. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? Right, <laughs> right here. Right here. We're praying for Mikey. He needs a help. Me, me. too. I'm praying for Mikey, too. <laughs> he needs a help me. Yeah. I keep asking. Amen to that. I know he's got one. He does. Well, when God puts it together, Mikey, there's no going wrong. That's it. Nope. Yeah. That's it. Amen. I'm right. asking for his best. Mm-hmm. You'll not going to settle. You'll get it. Amen. Well, just one more time. Uh, God Stories Radio is king of the shameless plug. So uh, plug uh, Awakens Facebook page and yeah, website uh, and whatever you have. Your yeah. new book coming out. Well, yeah. I, I wish. Uh, no, oh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not there yet. Um, yeah. I would love to write a book. Oh, it's going to happen. Um, I've been thinking about some kind of fan fiction, you know, like sci-fi, Doctor mm-hmm. Who style. That's my I favorite. I know that, that, one over, <laughs> that one over there will buy it. I'm that's like, for sure. <laughs> no, I, maybe, maybe one day. Um, no, so Awake in Claremont, um, we meet Sunday mornings at 11-11 in the Wesley Center at uh, the First United Methodist Church of Claremont. Um, and as a worshiping community, um, everybody is welcome just as you are. Um, there's there's no perfect people there, so therefore we are all um, imperfect and welcome. Uh, you can find us on social. I think it's uh, Awakened Church Claremont is our handle for everything, whether it's uh, Facebook or Instagram, Twitter. We may have a Twitter. I don't even know. I don't I don't tweet so much. Uh, we twit. We, yeah, we yeah, twit. I feel like a knit twit. Wait, Wait no, a knit twit. Hey, that, I'll steal that one shamelessly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, you can find us on social at, at uh, Awaken Church Claremont. Um, we are just honestly a community in progress, you know, as we are continuing to develop and grow and be a part of what God has for us. So um, if you want to be a part of our story, be a part of what God is doing, check us out. Um and if you want to reach out, me personally, I'm on social. It's uh, Chris Tabone, T-A-B-O-N-E, and then the number one um, on all the different social media platforms. And uh, you can hit me up. I'm I'm always up for a good conversation. That he is. I've witnessed him in action. Awesome. <laughs> well, you had awesome. me rambling tonight, so. <laughs> it's hard not to, man. You just get in here. I am got a little warm. I apologize. Yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. I had an itch. But... Uh, Man, I so enjoyed you. Thanks for coming, bro. Hey, thanks for having me. I am me. going to talk to Stephen about session two hundred. Okay, going to. I hope a... I don't do anything to like bump him. Don't do that for me. Oh, like, we're not going to bump important. him. We're going to. We're just going to. I don't know. <laughs> we're going to just cake. do normal session two hundred and then Scones. have them all come back. Two oh one. There you go. Yeah. Oh, there we go. 
Yeah. The first, yeah. the first of the the two hundred. The next, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the next uh, generation. We may have, will be we have, your, some, may have somebody be in year six. Yeah. Alrighty, so. well, that was one ninety-seven. Every bit of it. All Thanks again to Pastor Chris DeBone, Awaken Claremont, First United Methodist Church. Thank you so much for coming, Chris. And well, Thank uh, you for having you me. Can, uh, check him out. Uh, if you have any questions for Chris and you can't remember how to get in touch with him, you can always drop us a line at GodStoriesRadio at gmail.com. I know where to find him. And we can uh, get some uh, responses to any questions that you may have. I want to thank everybody for listening tonight on Mixler. And um, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, uh, I hope that you were blessed as much as we were in the studio. So we love you and we appreciate you. And uh, that about wraps it up for session 197. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. God bless. God bless. God bless. To know you and to make you known This is the anthem of our souls Send us out, we will go Anywhere you lead us, Lord Driven by
Shout to Jesus, lift to shout to Jesus. 